What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch, and I'm going to be your host today. We're joined again by Dr. Mike and Dr. Jeremy, and there might be some uh, joining by Dr. Hendricks as well. There he is. So um, today we're talking about creating a functional diagnosis and using assessments as a tool in your gym um, to derive better results in your training with your clients. If you're an athlete, you need to listen to this because it's something that you need to look for in coaches. They need to be figuring out what's wrong so they can figure out how to fix it and how they can modify for you. As coaches, you need to be listening to this because you owe this to your clients. It, it, it is it is irresponsible to run a gym and not have a clue what's going on structurally and anatomically with your clientele. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We put a lot of thought into the material that we talk about today. So we're pretty passionate about it. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. All right. I love when I'm joined by the boys. The boys. We got Dr. Jeremy. We got Dr. Mike. We got Dr. Hendricks. Thursdays are for the boys. I'm just kidding. Dr. Hendricks is not a doctor. Not yet. He's one year old and he's he's bouncing a ball in front of himself. Like a doctor. Like a doctor. <laughs> he's aimlessly playing with a ball. Like a doctor. I'll leave that one. <laughs> so so today on, on this episode, we're gonna we, we discussed that we're gonna talk about um essentially the answer to the question that I most commonly get asked. Because it's the most common answer I give to it on our social media, right? People ask me on Instagram all the time, my athlete's shoulder hurts or my back hurts or whatever it is. It hurts when I blank. What do I do about it? My answer is always, almost, almost always, have you taken our movement assessment? And I'm blown away by the amount of people who say no. Where can I find that? Mm -hmm. And what's the point? Is right. really what they're asking. Right. Because what people what people are really looking for is, hey, my shoulder hurts. Cool. Do this banded exercise. Grab these rubber bands and pull them like this. Roll around on a lacrosse ball. Foam roll this. Smack. Like they're looking for a quick solution to solve what is potentially a simple, but at the same time, complex problem. Right. Yes. I, mean, I, I say simple because it either needs length or strength. And I say right. complex because it's in what direction? It's simple. It's not easy. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that, I mean, that lends to, I think a certain feeling that's out there in the, in the community, like, Oh, I'm just missing one thing and it'll make me better. Right. Right. And it's, and oftentimes, it's, you know, what what you've been doing, like especially if it's been a recurrent problem and it's only training related, it's not like traumatic related. So people in the gym constantly having the same problem and it's just kind of it's on this roller coaster ride. It's like, well, it's what you're doing is what got you here. So we're going to need you to change a little bit. And that's and again, that's that's not easy. Um, but at the same time, we don't know what needs to change until we actually assess you like any and no if, if anybody ever if you somebody asked you hey this hurts how do i fix it and they have an answer for you that's not a good idea well it's it's like saying <laughs> it's like saying hey i need to get better at my snatch right what do i need to do snatch and, and you don't ask <laughs> you guys can't see the face i made at jeremy 
but I made one. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, that, like that's the, that's, that's the common gymnastics answer. I need to get better at muscle ups. We'll do more muscle ups. Mm-hmm. I need to get better at pull ups. Well, you just got to do more pull ups. <laughs> I got to get better handstand push ups. You got to do more handstand. No. Right. That is not what you need. Right. Necessarily. That's just, yeah. Well, um, especially when it comes to shoulder pain. I mean, maybe with training, right? Training and yeah, you're pain free and it's like you're good. Life is good. Like, yeah, early on when we just start doing pull ups, we just get more pull ups. Yeah, right? for sure. But if you're at the point where you've reached an injury that is non traumatic, meaning you've just been in the gym and now your joint hurts, something is going on that requires more investigation. But, but the, the point, yes. And right. the point that I was getting to is that unfortunately, I think there's so much out there on social media that, that starts with the, the two words quick fix. Right. Or, or alludes to it being a quick fix. Right. That now people have come to expect a quick fix. Right. There isn't one. No. Right? Like, hey, if, if you walked into a gym and said to the coach, hey, my goal is to get a bigger snatch. What do I need to do? And that coach was like, you need to squat more. And you're like, but I squat 500 pounds and I snatch 185. Hmm. You would think that guy was an idiot. Right. He didn't even ask. Right. He didn't watch you do it. Right. How can you make an assessment based on a question without more information. Right. So we get the question all the time. How do I, my back hurts when I deadlift. Why? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> I, have, I don't, I don't even have a concept of an idea. Right. You need right. length or you need strength and well, we don't know where or why. Well, and that's why these assessment assessments exist, right? Not just these, but all assessments exist to further investigate what's going on. We just have our assessments that we use because they've been highly effective um, in treating in treating patients, um, both in the clinic on the table and and in the gym. Um, well, I think it's also important to and that continuum. Yeah, both of those things. I think it's important to explain also the difference that we teach in our coach program. We're teaching coaches how to do the assessments that we do with patients. Yes, but we're not teaching them how to formulate a diagnosis and treat a problem. Right, because they're not certified to do that. They're not, they don't have the license. They don't have the background. Right. They don't understand what's going on necessarily on a cellular right. level that's causing that. They don't understand right. the, 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 the cascade of things that occur hormonally, right. you know, through, through, there's just a lot. Right. I don't need to get into, into the weeds of it, right? The, the, but it doesn't prohibit them from being able to make very good decisions just by knowing the outcomes of those assessments. No, and that's their job. Right. Largely, it should be our job. That's the job job, that's not getting done. Yeah. I mean, this leads to me where I I think um, coaches are the largest untapped resource in the healthcare industry right now. Yes. And I I didn't mean mean to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off. But what what, what I meant was we don't, you don't need to diagnose biomechanical dysfunction from a structure specific level. Mm-hmm. to be valuable. In fact, Correct. I think that that can sometimes make somebody less valuable because they get caught in the weeds. Correct. And what you were alluding to, which I'm sure you're going to get to now, mm-hmm. when I when I stop interrupting you like a savage, Jesus. savage, is that coaches are untapped resources because their scope goes so close to the line mm-hmm. that they just need to do a better job reaching the knowledge right. level they need to, to hit the maximization of their scope. Right. Well, I guess I say that coaches could be the largest untapped resource. Um, I think, um, obviously, you know, someone who's coaching, right, they're improving the cardiovascular um, health of people. They're improving their strength. They should be improving their coordination, agility, balance, you know, increasing those 10 general physical skills that CrossFit talks about. But I think in the meantime, a lot of people end up sacrificing their joint health, which then 
precludes them from training and getting better in those 10 general physical skills, not necessarily by anybody's fault, um, but just a lack of understanding of a coach being able to look at an athlete and saying, okay, what can I train on this athlete? What can I condition on this athlete? And what, what should I kind of avoid in the meantime and formulate a plan to get better? Or should I, should I refer this person out? You know what, before we even go any further, can, can we discuss kind of what is the scope of a coach mm-hmm. and how is it different than the scope of a doctor? Okay. And, and because I think that I, I see this popping up all over the place, right? We've talked in, in the past about the idea that unfortunately musculoskeletal healthcare has not established a quality standard of care. So mm-hmm. that leads to other people jumping into it who maybe aren't as qualified to manage because people just don't trust the, right. the quote standard. Right. Um, so what, what is a scope for a, a coach, because to me, what we teach coaches all the time is if somebody has pain because they're, they're, they're too deadlift pattern dominant, for example, versus their squat, the coach could feasibly improve that person's pain by having them squat better Absolutely. and more. So where does that, where does that end? Mm-hmm. Well, to me, it ends, um, with, with the severity of pain. I think that's one of the things where is it? <laughs> Is it an actual full-on injury? Um, has it been so recurrent that, you know, where the coach has tried and it's just, you know, he's tried to do something and it just hasn't worked? I think that's where it ends. I think that's when, when, the, when the coach can actually say, hey, I have no idea what's going on here. That's where it ends. Okay. Um, for me. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Um, to me, I think that, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit more subjective than that. Okay. I think, I think that it's, if somebody's acute to the point that they are afraid to do anything, and I don't mean anything like they're afraid to move, they're afraid to do something specific. Some specific task. Then you as a coach do not try to fix that. Okay. I like that. Um, I also think that if somebody is not afraid, but something irritates them, it hurts a little bit, and they're not really sure what they're doing, as a coach, feel free to try to make changes to their technique and to their strengths right. for a month. Right. As long as they're not getting worse. Because if somebody is getting worse, right. you're not fixing it. Right. And it might be because you don't know how to. Well, and, but, and, and it might even be as simple as the, the coach is trying and is very well-intentioned, um, but the athlete continues to push too hard and is not listening to the coach. Right, for sure. But 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 again, then that, that makes it outside of the scope of the person who's not having a successful outcome. Correct. I mean, Mike, what do you think? Silent Mike. Silent know, Mike right? over here. Um, I think in, uh, in most cases, subjectively pain could be your, your guiding factor. But for me, it's always, okay, what, what are you best at as a coach? And what would a a healthcare practitioner be best at in a sense, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so you have a coach, you as a coach have a tool to, to determine, you know, whether or not, as Sean said, your athlete needs something lengthened or as an athlete needs something strengthened. I think as a coach, you might, you might, there's, there's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of coaches out there saying you need more mobility who don't really know. Sure. Sure. If you can judge, if you have the tools to judge whether an athlete needs more length or needs more strength, I think in most cases, length is best induced by a healthcare practitioner. I think you can get your most bang for a buck getting length from a healthcare practitioner. I think you have an opportunity to, as Sean said, try to change 
how strong somebody is about a joint or you have an opportunity to change how well they move about a joint in terms of their skill. But I'm always going to default and say, listen, if you need length, come to me. I can give you that length a lot faster than a coach can and I can have you hold on to it a lot faster than your coach can. So it's not necessarily a scope of practice thing. It's an efficiency thing. How well worth your time how well is your time worth spent, you know, trying to do band and posterior hip distraction? Or how well is your time spent coming to me and doing, you know, three passes at your posterior hip capsule and see which yields better results? So I think that well, if, if we put – go ahead. Well, I think we even take a step back before what you just said and go back what I think you said is do you know if your athletes have full range of motion? And, and, and that's why we came up with these assessments and started – teaching these to coaches because it's something that coaches can understand, but it's a tool that has not existed yet, right? You had this mobility movement that's been happening since the mid 2000s with, okay, ban this, ball that, gain mobility. What's what's normal? What's enough? How do I know when to stop? It, nobody knows, right? And so it hasn't been put out there. Like what's what's where's the line in the sand that I need to cross? And if, if I'm missing, where do I, where am I supposed to focus? I think that, to me that's profound. To me, no, nobody's necessarily even asking that. What 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 ranges of motion should I be testing? In those ranges of motion, what's enough? If if that's restricted, what's what's causing it, right? And then you can get into what you're talking about, Mike. Um, and 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 this is I think the crux of why we've put this out here and made it accessible to coaches because now they have something to stand on. Now they can say, hey, I, I learned this stuff in a mobility course or, you know, this course or that course. See these little things that I can use. And now I can gear it towards making this test, which is relevant to joint health, better. And, and I think to, to, to jump on the back of that, two things. Number one, um, of course, we think ours is better. Right. That's allowed. Right. right? Kelly Sturrett would say, no, mine is better. Right. And, and that's fine. We're not going to argue with him that it's not. Right. That's a, he should think it's better. You know, Ryan DeBell, the movement fix, mm -hmm. friend of ours. Right. He's going to think his is better. Right. You know, um, Quinn Henock is going to think his is better. At clinical, it doesn't matter. They're, they're all going to serve a purpose. Right. But the point is, do you have one that you can rely on that is reproducible mm -hmm. and that you have interventions based on? Yes. Um, because if you do, great. You know, but I think that um, I'm saying having that tool is yes, what's important. Yes, and, and I think if we combine those, the three of our definitions, there, the three of our scope definitions, uh -huh. it's are you is your is your athlete in acute pain? Mm -hmm. Is your athlete afraid? Mm -hmm. And are you the most efficient person to change that for your athlete? If the answer to the first two is yes, mm -hmm. or one of the first two is yes, and the last one is no, mm -hmm. you're not the right person. That's, I think that that's a really good way for people to start drawing the line. Right. Well, I think, too, you also talk about areas of opportunity um, and, and who can be the most efficient. What are coaches most efficient at? Right. Teaching motor control. Right. That's mm -hmm. what they do all day. That's what cueing is. It's it's motor control. So if you, if you see a person and you, you're able to cue them into a better position, you know, a position of, you know, low risk. Perfect. That's great. But if you can't do it. Right. And, and you, you now you couple with, OK, I can't get this athlete in this position. Now let me go to this this test and they're, they're limited in a range of motion or they're painful in a range of motion. OK, now now do you have a tool in your in your toolbox to maybe help that in the gym? Or if you don't. Right. If you if you try everything and that doesn't work. OK, call in the righty. Right. Call in the closer. The righty is not the closer. <laughs> Let's start there. 
Uh, there's two kinds of athletes. There's lefties and there's wannabes. For those of you who didn't know that, now you do. And now you know that Sean is left-handed as well. When I, when I throw a ball. <laughs> but, so, but so you were talking before we came on this episode about the difference between a tissue-specific diagnosis and a mm-hmm. functional diagnosis. Right. Um, can you talk about that? And, and, right. how, and how that is one of the areas where a coach can improve his or her scope to better help athletes in, in his or her gym and community. Yeah. So what we mean by tissue specific diagnosis is essentially what the medical diagnosis is going to be. What is the tissue and what is the problem? So I'm sure you guys heard, you know, I have a, a bulging disc. I have uh, patellofemoral syndrome. I have chondromalacia patella. I have supraspinatus tendonitis. IT right, band you, syndrome. IT band syndrome. <laughs> well, I, have, <laughs> I have a torn labrum, right? I have uh, whatever itis, right? Those are, those are all tissue specific diagnoses. And what I want coaches to understand is that when when somebody comes into our office with that as practitioners and they tell us that, that does nothing to guide our treatment, right? I have people that come in here with right bicep tendonitis and end up treating their left shoulder because that's where the dysfunction is. So anybody who has a a tissue-specific diagnosis, great, grand, awesome. It can play a role in in, prognosis and things like that. But as far as treatment plan, it does not do a whole lot. And guess what? You're not allowed to do it because you don't have a doctorate degree, so don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, As far as a functional diagnosis, that's that's what we function with, and that's what we're we're trying to teach coaches what's to deal with, right? Because to us, we come up with our functional diagnosis by taking them through a series of, you know, movement exams and measuring them and saying, you know, okay, what's your standing lumbar pelvic flexion? What's your straight leg raise? What's your supine hip flexion? What's your, you know, your supine knee flexion, your prone knee flexion? And we measure all of that stuff. And is it good enough and pain-free? Awesome. Not worried about those tissues, right? Is, is it less than or painful? Okay. Now, now we know where we need to work, right? That's the functional diagnosis. The second half of that is knowing where you need to be able to produce more force. And those are our strength balance tests. So really, when once we get somebody who, you know, who's somebody, somebody who comes out for an intensive, right, their functional diagnosis is going to look like a list of structures that need to be lengthened and a list of movements that need to be strengthened. And then from there, we can extrapolate, you know, depending on the person, maybe you need to avoid this depending on pain and you need to start doing more of this, less of this. We need to work on this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that a mouthful? It was definitely mouthful, but, okay. but but it makes sense, right? Right. I mean, I mean, well, and, well, and I should just get back. To it. That's a lot more powerful than biceps tendonitis, right? Because that tells you what that tells you as a as as a coach. Okay, I need this athlete to focus on this stuff more. I can program this stuff in for them, right? And that's the profound effect that you guys can have. I can I can start to say, yeah, I can. I, let's get you some length through here. Let's let's build you strength here, and and this is going to have a positive impact on the pain you're experiencing. Right. That's way more effective than a tissue specific diagnosis. hundred percent. Right. And, and that's profound because you don't need a doctorate degree to do that. Mm-hmm. If you take the time to understand everything. Well, the problem is oftentimes even if, if one of your clients in your gym or if you are the client in the gym who has back pain and you go to a doctor for back pain, they're going to look at your back. Right. That's a problem in the medical community. But, but oftentimes they're going to be looking at your back. And what if your back is a problem because your hips don't move? Right. What if your back is a problem because your ankles don't move? Mm hmm. That's something that a coach in a gym might actually have a better benefit just by modifying your program right. than a doctor. Right. And now that doctor is not telling you, oh, you go to CrossFit? Right. Uh, oh, you play football? Yeah. Mm, right. You're a gymnast? I don't know. Sprinting might not be for you. 
Right. What? Like that, that's where as a coach, you have profound opportunity. Right. That person never has to go to the doctor. Right. Potentially. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I, yeah, I mean, being able to say, okay, you know, picture a new, pay, new uh, member joining your gym and on their, you know, on their screen, oh, yeah, I have low back pain. Okay, let me take you through this movement exam in 10 minutes or five minutes that, you know, and you find, okay, their left hip is restricted, but the right hip is full, right? Their left ankle is restricted also. Okay. So we're not going to be squatting with you for the first couple of weeks until we can pass this test, right? Because that's going to prevent some pain for you. We're going to get you doing more single leg stuff. And in the meantime, we're going to be working on giving you length with these mobilizations, or you're going to see our guy that we have here in the gym or the guy that's nearby who's going to put some length in that tissue for you. You're dropping that person's risk of injury during squatting. First of all, you're you're decreasing the risk of hip pain just by not having them squat because you're aware that that could be they already have a hip impingement before they've even started squatting. Well, then now now when you say squat though, and when right. you say single leg, we don't mean only use the leg with full range of motion Correct. and never squat. Correct. We mean squat pattern right. unilaterally to the appropriate range of motion for each joint. Correct. Strength is range, Strength is gained in the range it's trained is something that Charles Poliquin said. Mm-hmm. But you cannot gain strength in a range you don't have. Right. Or a painful range. Right. Or a painful. Sometimes. You don't gain strength in a painful range. Right. Right. Uh, and we talk about pain as being an emotion, but in an injured range. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean. Well, let's say, but, but tying it back in. So I have this pain. What do what do I do? Of course. You got to assess. You, you have, have to. to assess. And you have to understand the assessments and the ramifications of them as a coach. And, and, and your limitations. Yes. I mean, when we go to workshops, the biggest complaint that we get, and I say complaint because it, it is a complaint. You know, right. at the end of the day, it's a complaint. We well, it's, ask, it's, it's constructive criticism. Uh, okay, deal. <laughs> I'll take that. You're right. It's, it's better. But we ask people, one to five, how do we do? Five, it's the best workshop I've ever been to, and it couldn't have even been better Tell us why. Anything less than that, tell us what we were missing and tell us what we did well, please. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without fail, the question that we get is, so I did this assessment with you guys. Now, what do I do? Right. And they're coaches. So they're like, okay, so I have an athlete who has this. I don't know how to fix it. Because sometimes you can't. Right. That at the end of the day, if you came to one of our workshops and you went through the whole thing and when it was over, you didn't know how to fix something even generally, mm-hmm. that's because it's not in your scope to fix it. Right. Right. I mean, I, I think that's something we've actually never said. Right. But maybe we should. Mm-hmm. But when, when the workshop is over, if, if you're like, I'm not talking specifically like how many sets, how many reps, what load, what's the, what's the tempo. Right. I'm talking about athlete has pain when they squat. I put them through this exam. I have the data. What am I supposed to add strength? Am I, you know, they, you should know that. Mm-hmm. If you don't, it's because the question you're asking about is too specific and it's not in your scope right. to fix it. So, so you can put out of your mind that you should know it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, does it make sense to you, Mike? It's, it's, it's something that just kind of hit me. I'm having trouble following. <laughs> okay, that's I'll fine. Say, I think what you're, I think what you're trying to say um, is that is that people what people their their constructive criticism is okay. Now I know where the problem is. Now how do I fix it? Right. And you're saying sometimes you don't. Right. Right. Does that make sense, Mike? Yes. Yeah. Right. No, I got it. So no, that's something that we're working on in the, in the next in the next. I mean, it's on our coaches program every. 
every test that, that we say, okay, if it's limited, okay, now here's the intervention for it. Sure. Um, here's, and we don't, the, here's the simple intervention the that you can do in which, the gym. Yeah. And again, it, it, it is hit and miss, right? And we talk about how to work through it, you know, doing tests, intervention, retest, and then doing that again in, in about 60 days um, to knowing if you're making a, a positive impact or not. Um, but yeah, it, but that's the thing is our workshop is meant to get reps at being accurate at finding stuff. It's not necessarily meant to get you to fix everything, but mm -hmm. we're going to do that more and we'll put more of that stuff online. But a lot of times it is, it's, it's outside the scope, right? When you have a cavity, you go to the dentist, you can't brush that stuff away. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, even if you could, right, we can use a specific, specific example of somebody standing limbo pelvic flexion range is limited, mm -hmm. right? In so standing limbo pelvic flexion, just to simplify for toe people. Toe touch. Listening. Sorry, yeah. toe touch. Touching toes. toe touch. We can prescribe, you know, a sciatic nerve floss, which is a mobility exercise that has shown, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and you guys would agree with me that, that we can improve that test without touching anybody, mm -hmm. right? In my opinion, what, what can you – noticeably gain from from a uh, hands-on treatment in terms of standing limbo pelvic flexion test or or a straight leg raise in, in terms of degrees right it, there's sometimes i can get 10 degrees 12 degrees in a single treatment in five minutes right how long would that take you to do with sciatic nerve floss right so now it becomes you may be saving right and this will resonate with sean because he's an efficiency guy like me you may be saving money doing sciatic nerve floss, but you're really not saving any time. Which is costing you opportunity. Which is costing you opportunity, right? 60 days worth of sciatic nerve flossing for free as opposed to five minutes of manual adhesion release to the sciatic nerve of the gemellus, right? Mm -hmm. In five minutes. If that's minutes. where it's caught. If that's where it's caught. Excuse 80% of the time. Shout right. out to Dr. Brady. <laughs> well, but but you're right. And, and now I think that the next – you know the, the the secondary problem that we run into as a as a fitness health and fitness community is people aren't confident that their doctor can do that. Sure, right. I think I think that if people were like, "Oh, there's a guy down the block in seven visits, you're going to be great," people stop doing self management as right. often on the stuff that they shouldn't manage. Like, listen, you should be able to manage yourself in some ways, but people are going to stop managing things that they should not be trying to manage themselves with much quicker. Because they have confidence that there's somebody down the block who can expeditiously solve their problem. Sure. Where's the standard of care, Sean? In the dump. Where is it? It's in the dump. It's not it's non existent. No. It's at forty four fifty four Austin Boulevard, <laughs> Island Park, New York, in active life. That's where the standard of care is. Now there's other good doctors out there too. I'm not, you know, and they're not all integrated diagnosis doctors either. We think that we have a lot of confidence in those guys, but some of them couldn't talk their way out of a paper bag. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and then there's ART doctors who are phenomenal. Right. And there's ART doctors who are disastrously, you know, rubbing what hurts. Right. So it's, it's not that one methodology is better than others, except ours, because well, ours is the best. <laughs> well, well, right. Well, but that's the thing, right? You talk to any doc and you, he's, his system is the best. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and because if he knew of another system, he'd be doing that. Right. Or she. If right? they had the time and effort. Right. Um, that, that if they want to, right? Right. Um, but to me, it comes down to, right, I want to be Steph Curry. Do you? I want to shoot the highest shooting percentage. Oh, I was trying to be, I'm trying to be LeBron James. Okay. Hated, but 
semi-successful? I'm Michael Jordan. Okay, there you go. I'm trying um, to be Brian there, Well, you don't get any brushback on that. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Scalabrini, the white mamba. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love LeBron James. He's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. Um, but, um, but no, like basically everybody's out here trying to have the best shooting percentage. Everybody's trying to, to fix things at the most efficient, quickest rate possible, or at least they should be. So I take that back. Maybe not everybody's trying to do that. I think a lot of people are happy with the status quo. But what we're trying to do is provide you guys with the best shooting percentage, mm-hmm. right? And that's what that's what the assessments let you do, right? Because, you know, like before we started doing this, right, somebody come in and they'd have knee pain. I'm like, yeah, squats are really good for knee pain. And I'd get people out of knee pain squatting. And then others people would get infinitely worse. And I was like, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> but squats are good for knee pain, right? Now we have, no, now that we have a tool, right, I can say, you know, is, do you have enough knee flexion? Is, is there adhesion in your capsules or adhesion in your rectus femoris or one of your other quads? Okay, you shouldn't be squatting. We need to get you on the table. Versus somebody who comes in, it's like, yeah, your hip, knee, and ankle are moving fine, right? You're actually really good at squatting. You are terrible at deadlifting. We need a little bit, we need you to deadlift more. That's going to give you a little bit more hamstring engagement. You're not going to give yourself patellar tendonitis by jamming yourself into knee flexion in a free fall. Yeah, you need a coach, not a doctor. Right. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's where our limit is. Right. And that's, and that's what I think doctors need to know and embrace too, is we, we have limits too. Our limits are time driven, right? I wish I had an hour with every patient. I don't. Right. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I don't have the time to in, ingrain, um, you know, movement patterns and strength in our clients in the office. Right. And that's what we lean on our coaches for. That's why we have a network of physical or of um, personal trainers that we work with. That's why we have one on one training that we do with people, with people that I trust are doing the right movements. And we're constantly referring people to our, our gym coaches. Absolutely. Like the better person to help you with this right now is not me. Right. It's, it's Coach Rob. It's Coach right. Asia. Right. And I think, you know, actually getting down into the nitty gritty and saying, OK, this is the role of the coach. This is the role of the practitioner. This is the role of the athlete. And these are the standards that should be upheld within all three. That's when the athlete wins. Right. That's when we win as practitioners, because we're we're not constantly rubbing the same people all the time. Right. That's where you win as a coach that you don't need to modify, constantly modify someone because they're just better. Right. That's, you know, that's where the athlete wins because they're out of pain and they're confident in the people that they're surrounded with that know they have their back and they know that what they're talking about. Well, and the coach and the doctor also win because now that athlete refers somebody else. Yeah. And the athlete wins because they feel good about making the referral. Right. Like this does circle back to business, people. Yes. This is not, this is not just the, the world is not purely altruistic. It would be great if it was. But unfortunately, we don't live in a society. You know, communism has proven not to work. So, well, it always comes back to politics on here. It does, right? Yeah, a little bit. Well, so okay. anyway, if you're a communist, oh, sh- feel free to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Stop listening forever. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, like the point, everybody can win. The person who is paying for these services becomes happier to pay for the services, and they're happier to refer their friends to pay for the same said services. And the gym keeps a member. Then the, then and the yeah. gym is 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 a referral source for that doctor, and vice versa. You're saying it completely right. Everybody wins, in terms of a financial standpoint, in terms of a moral standpoint. Right? Everybody's doing the right thing in this sense because they're humble enough. They're putting their ego aside enough to say this is exactly what this patient slash athlete needs. No more, no less. Everybody wins. Happy world. Agreed. I, I mean. 
I don't see another way. Maybe that's because, am I closed-minded by thinking that people should be doing this? Does it make me closed-minded? Maybe, I wouldn't say closed-minded, maybe a little bit idealistic, but, you know. You no, can't, I, I think idealistic is to think that people are actually all going to stop what they're doing now and start doing it like this. <laughs> I guess you have a point. I mean, it makes sense, but uh, how well how, how well are people going to to take this pill and, and actually make life changes? Imagine, imagine if it was a pill. Imagine. Then we'd be freaking forget about it. We'd be we'd be the, much more high tech podcast equipment. The red the red <laughs> pill or the blue pill? I don't remember. Morpheus. Yeah. I don't remember. Is there are there actually both colored pills or is it like yeah, it's red, and, red and blue? I don't Black remember. Was there purple? Was I, didn't, I didn't like that movie enough. No? No, wasn't really my thing. It's all, about, all about the purple pills. What? <laughs> it's all about the purple pills. Great. <laughs> well, but assess. Functional don't. assessments, functional diagnosis. It's mm-hmm. a thing. You just got to learn it. It is. And, and, you know, I almost wish that there was like a, a book of function. Maybe we should write it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even being facetious. Like if there was a book of functional diagnoses for doc, for, for coaches, mm-hmm. like there's a book of, you know, anatomy specific diagnoses, mm-hmm. structure specific diagnoses for, for doctors. Mm-hmm. If coaches had a functional diagnosis specific book. Okay. And it was like, if somebody has this functional diagnosis, mm-hmm. this is the industry standard remedy. Right. Well, I think that's essentially what our coach program is moving towards. It, it is what our coach program is. Right. I mean, zero percent doubt that that is what we do. Right. It just, I mean, maybe a more palatable way for people to find it. Okay. I don't know. Put it in a I'm book, ju- and then and then Tyler McBride will listen to us because we have a book. Yeah. For those of you guys who think that we're not <laughs> credible enough yet because we haven't written a book, we just don't have time to write a book. <laughs> We should just start recording these things and put them into words on a go. page. People, there's, a, there's a service for that. There is a service for that. Um, but no, but in all seriousness, like, I wonder if that would change things. Yeah. Like, coaches are responsible for correcting functional diagnoses. Yeah. I don't know. Huh? That's in the coach program, though. So, I mean, in all seriousness, that is the entire crux of the coach program right. is well, coming up with and correcting Functional right. diagnosis. Well, and, and for those of you who are athletes and not coaches, that's what our enhanced assessment is. Yes. Right? You go through 10 days of testing um, and we come up with a fu- functional diagnosis for you. You know, then from there you have that tool, you know, and then it's it's your choice to continue on with a coach who knows how to fix those things. Uh, go find a practitioner that can get length in those tissues or, you know, if you maybe you just need a, uh, a bulletproof program or maybe you think you can handle it yourself. But it's up for you to, to figure out what's good, better, best. Dr. Jeremy? Yes. You said practitioner to add length to the muscles and I, I or to the structure. Huh. And I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole right now, but what do you say to practitioners who say adhesion, scar tissue, whatever you mm. want to call it in a muscle, either A, doesn't exist, mm-hmm. B, can't be found, mm-hmm. or C, can't be effectively treated, or D, doesn't limit range of motion? Um, because those are the four things people say. That's what they say. Yes, is that that's that's the word on the street. That's the word on my Instagram direct message. Okay, so I like it. I mean, I I will be the first to call BS on what I do. I I firmly believe that I could be full of crap at all times. I'm constantly second guessing myself. I do it a lot less now, um, because just because I have experience. You know, I have I graduated the end of 2008. Um, so I have experience. I, am I going to be better in 10 years? I, I sure hope so. But, um, and, and I'm skeptical too. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm a 
I need to try it before I knock it. And so I did that with kinesio tape, right? Found what I thought it was good for, moved on. Don't use don't use it a lot. What level certification are you in kinesio tape? I think it's four. Four. Does it make you a ninja? I think I, I can tape you like a mummy. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I done trigger uh, trigger point therapy. I learned, you know, I, I didn't get my diplomate in McKenzie, but I've used it on a couple hundred patients, you know, and I, I've moved on. But so I'm the first to be skeptical of something. Um, treating scar tissue has been the most effective way to treat musculoskeletal complaints that I've seen. And I'll even call, hey, maybe it's not scar tissue. But what I do know is the system that we use where it's somebody's mis test range of motion, somebody's missing range of motion, there's only a finite number of tissues that can be limiting that range of motion. Put your expert hands in there that have been on a few thousand people over the last decade or so and start feeling around. And if you feel something that's a little stuck, put, put some tension through it and then retest, retest if their range of motion is improved. If not, move on to one of the other structures that it, it could be, right? But I've found that A, it improves immediately and B, It'll, that improvement to some degree will be there when they come back in 48 to 72 hours or even in a week. And so for me, okay, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if it's treating scar tissue, but I do know it's getting people better. Right. And it's not everybody like don't, I don't want people to think that we heal everybody that walks in here by manual adhesion release. It doesn't happen that way. Right. There are people that walk in here. We say, we're not the office for you. You need to you need to learn how to stabilize your pelvis better, and it's not going to happen here. You need to eat better. You need to sleep more. That's outside of our scope, right? But we we do we are able to say you have a soft tissue problem, or you don't. And if it is a soft tissue problem, we're going to fix it. And until you you have full range of motion, and from there we're going to strengthen strengthen your functional movements. Does, I'm with it. Does that answer it? It does. And 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 the reason why I asked that question is actually not so that. Doctors can be like, oh, well, maybe he's right. But mm -hmm. it wasn't for that. No, I'm not going it was, it was, it was to convince anybody. Well, what's that? I'm not going to convince anybody. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> but it was actually so the coaches who are listening to this mm -hmm. and athletes who are listening to this can wrap their mind around the idea that just because nobody else has told you to try this stuff with your athletes in terms of changing the way that they produce force mm -hmm. doesn't mean it doesn't work. Right. Just because we can't roll out 50 peer-reviewed journal articles on how this works does not mean it doesn't work. Right. Right. And I want people to be willing to say, let me try. I, I had, I knew you were going to say that you need to try things. Yeah. Just because I know me. you. Yeah. And I want people to try it. And if it doesn't work, I want them to tell us why it didn't work so that we can either A, educate them in a way that we didn't do a good job the first time or B, revisit our procedures and see if they need to improve. Absolutely. Right? So try this, guys. Like this is like you need to try this or you're not going to get the results. And you can't try it for a week. Yep. Try it for a year. Yep. Like I did all those things that I talked about. A year. But <laughs> that's least. the thing, right? Because you were saying it and as I was listening to it, I can see doctors out there being like, well, you did, you did McKenzie protocols for, you know, two months. Of course they're not going to work. No. Like you're not that good at it. No, I did it much longer than that. Right, for a year, <laughs> much like yeah, No, for a while. I'll still, I'll still even try it now. Somebody's really cute. I'll still do it with them. I'll see if I can find a directional preference just mm -hmm. to make them comfortable. But I know that's not the end all be all to what's going on in their back. Right. Right. But 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 so but so all all that I meant to get out of that was 
coaches you have, the biggest arsenal of weapons that you have is the diversity of things you haven't tried. Mm-hmm. And if you try them and they're successful, keep them in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. If you try them and they're not, that's just as valuable to you. Yep. That's all. Time man. Anything to add, Dr. Mike? Not really. Silent Mike. <laughs> <laughs> this is for his first day. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm not the best podcaster yet. No, 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 no. Okay. Hey, well, not no to mention, we just, we just, we just talk over them all the time anyway. We, we do. That's fine. <laughs> we're, we're pretty confident. We have a fair amount of experience. And uh, Mike, you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. No negative self-talk. Uh, well, here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. That's a, po- that's a podcast for another day. That's yeah. a, definitely a podcast for another day. All right, guys. Before we ramble your heads off, I'm going to push the stop button. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Active Life podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure you head to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating so that we can grow and reach and help more people. If you're looking for more from me and my team, head to performancecarerx.com. All the help you're looking for is right there. Until next time, guys, I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch, and the process is the goal.